I've become sort of an expert on podcasts. I've done more than 30. Mm. And um, there's this fine line between... Uh, Today's going to be good. <laughs> there's, this fine, there's this fine line between just letting the show just kind of like start organically so everyone feels comfortable just talking and then letting it go too far and not have said who the guests are. Um, it's like it's like Tommy V2. It's like the Tommy Marquez V2, right? We've got a V2 mm. coming out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, okay. I, I, I'm the V2 version. Uh-huh. I think I follow where you're going. Um, did you meet Eric, Paul? I did. Okay. Uh, he was thrust into the um, podcast scene. He was like me, a beginner, and now he's he's intermediate and I'm advanced. <laughs> but he has more to learn. Sounds like an Eminem song. Um, I'm playing checkers over here. He's doing chess. Uh, Kara Hipskin. We met. Matthew yeah. Bischel. Fake friend. <laughs> Real friend. Real friend. But Kara doesn't try to fake, Kara doesn't try to fake the, the yeah. outside of work friendship. It's authentic. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. No offense. And he's not, yeah. fake's not right. That's too harsh. I don't want to say you fake it. You, oh, oh, okay. You're not Backtrack com- on that one. You're not committed. Um, what's your last name? Farmiga. Farmiga. And over the years, you and I have exchanged... 20 emails and how long has that been two years it's been about two years now yeah and you train at i train in new jersey at gorilla fitness montclair and also down in crossfit morristown in motown okay and that's and you're friends with kariana yes her her last name is anthes anthes because when i knew her she was a different last name that happens to women you're a member at Karyon Anthe's gym. She's talk, She's shared a ton of information about you. She yep. says you're hyper talented um, and uh, in the social media and, uh, world. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there was a little bit of courtship about you possibly working here. I showed your resume to a couple of people here, and um, they all of them said the same thing. He's overqualified. <laughs> that means they're scared you're going to take their job. <laughs> Um, and then, and then over the years, as as we've had this exchange, Cariano was like, "Hey, man, Paul has a pretty crazy story. Tell me your last name again." Farmiga. 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 Just like it looks. F A R M I G A. I don't know why I always want to stick an L in there, like Farmigla. We get an N, Farminga, Farmiga. sometimes, but yeah. Farmiga. Farmiga. Yeah. So um, last week was it last week? Um, Doctor Bob came in here. He's a he's a been on the show a couple times, and he works out with us here regularly at HQ. And I think it was Matt and Kara and I were in here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and he gave us. Um, we told him about your situation. Oh yeah, and he gave us a forty-five minute lecture on the heart. Yeah, and how the heart works. Yeah, and so that's sort of one of the things um, that really. That's one of the reasons why you're here today, because Cariano was sharing your story with me, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is a profound story." And, um, and and, and so that's where I want to dig in. Yeah. Um, what? How? How did you find CrossFit? How did I find CrossFit? So. Like your first intersection yep. with it. Like were you at work and you saw people running by? No, no. I had, I give myself a challenge every year or something that I want to pursue or something that I want to look into further. In 2011. Like or, at New Year's? Resolution? Kind of, yeah. So if it's not a resolution, it's something that I'm going to apply myself towards and dive deeper into. I took a killer vacation <laughs> down to Maui, hung out was doing all chill easy stuff i jumped i tried to take surfing lessons found that for a skinny fit guy who never ever really worked out in his life i was absolutely worthless on there (laughs) and that next year my goal was to challenge myself physically and learn about my body 
So hmm, that's cool. You're skinny. You're healthy. You can go run with the friends in the park, but man, you get tired moving something to the other room or just anything that was physical fitness related or or strength wasn't there. So how old were you at this time? I was in my mid to late twenties. Okay, young guy. Yeah. So got out of college, working, doing my thing. That year, I signed up for a go ruck challenge, and that was something that for me was something that I could, could never do or should never do based on my physical abilities. How the now heck? What, what is that? That's you carry a bag and run. Yeah. So it you have a ruck full of bricks. It could be anywhere from 12 to 15, 18 hours, depending on how it goes. You have no idea where you're going, what you're doing. You get dropped off, no cell phones, no cameras. And you... Was yours over, overnight? Mine was overnight. Mm-hmm. I did the 9-11 challenge, so okay. it, was, it was incredible. But how the heck am I going to do that? I started looking online. I saw something somewhere mentioned CrossFit and what the heck is that? So there I was working, corporate job. Oh, look, there you're carrying the brick. Yeah. So that's actually a piece of the I-beam from the new Freedom Tower. Hmm. So one of the guys in my group, his father passed away during 9-11. Hmm. And as part of the memorial, we had to have a coupon, a shared weight that we all carry with the team. So that was a 40-pound piece of... That's 40 mm. pounds? That's 40 wow. pounds of awkward, heavy, and awful. Wow. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. It's not even that big. That's no. crazy. Yeah. And it's narrow, so it's like cutting into your shoulder. Yeah. So are you carrying it here? What are you doing? So in order to handle something like this, I started jogging around the block. That wasn't doing it. I was doing push-ups, and what I thought would not wasn't doing it, and that's when I stumbled onto CrossFit and literally cold turkey one day after work, rolled up to the gym with my button-down and khakis, and I signed up. Five days a week, unlimited membership. Wasn't a morning person. Is this at Kariana's gym? No. So this was actually at Gorilla Fitness Montclair. Okay. And at the time, uh, there was the 31 Heroes workout afterwards. So I signed up for that. I started doing all these things. And within like three weeks worth, I had probably an exponential amount of fitness and and physical type of Mm -hmm. stuff that I was now doing and learning. So I learned everything from scratch. I learned everything cold turkey. I learned everything what, either in Kariana's gym or in, in your, Montclair. In your 20s. In my 20s, and correct. In Montclair, that's a baller town, right? It's a baller town, but you show up to that gym, it's gritty and grimy, and it's... Just because they're rich don't mean they're bitches. No. Okay? No. Um, it, it's real. Let's fall into the weeds a little bit. So, yeah. So you, <clears throat> you're in Maui. You have this sort of revelation that, hey, I want to be in better shape so I can like enjoy yep. life more. Yep. Then you come back and you're you're you're, you're a yearly goal guy. Yep. Um, Matt's like that too. This year he's going to put pants on. Um, <laughs> Can't make any promises. Uh, and you want to learn your body more. And you want your body to become stronger. And you want to like become more physical. And but I, and you go into a CrossFit gym. But how did CrossFit get into your brain? Did one of your friends do it? Did you walk by the building? Did you see a group on? God forbid. No. Oh, so no group on. Okay, we're good here. <laughs> okay, it was. So I'm I'm an analytical person. I like to dig into the veracity of something. I I dig deep into the research online or in person, or whatever I could find. And when I tell you that Coach Greg's early videos and the early journal entries and the the simple fundamental truths that were going in there that were scientifically based that were practical, that were approachable, and that 
he was willing to not just poke the box, but but tear the lid off and mm-hmm. let everyone out with it. And it wasn't gym heads, and it wasn't the marathon runners, and it wasn't all the stereotypes that I possibly had in my head over the years. He was calling all of it out, but there was actual numbers behind it. There was actual performance behind it. There was actual results behind it. And if I'm training for a challenge in less than two months, I'm not going to be going to the gym and, and, and pulling the... Right the lats down i'm, I'm going to be doing something that's functional fitness and my whole body benefiting from it so it was it was paying for the journal not even realizing what the journal was or the depth of the resources there printing up all the articles clicking every single link that was available reading watching absorbing and just being enamored by the depth and breadth that was already available at the time for something that what's fitness what's fitness well here's here exactly it says what fitness is mm-hmm. and go ahead we're, we're proving it mm-hmm. that's so, cool so you googled yep you wanted to get in shape you started googling around about fitness yep. obviously crossfit pops up yep um you start reading old journal articles what yep. is fitness and you're like shit this is it yeah it, it was real and it was real enough that i was willing to test it on myself so it wasn't going and finding friends i had no friends that were doing it i had i had no one in my life that was doing Did you it ha- do you have friends I do. Thankfully, okay. there's about five or six of them. Okay. So what year I was this? I them really well, too. What year was... About what year was this that was, researching? So this was two th- late 2011, 2012. Okay. 2012. Yeah. Because if he said, if he said um, whatever he said about friends and then he didn't have any friends, it's not valid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we've got to establish he has friends. Yeah. I'm scientific, too. It's a good starting point. <laughs> okay. So um, did you drag any of your friends in with you? No. This was... This was me versus me and me learning everything from scratch. So I didn't want any of my friends doing it. I didn't want any of the social or or exterior type of influences on me. I wanted to be in the deepest, most vulnerable learning ground zero That's state. That's a very unique approach to it because I feel like most people would want some sort of companionship pretty much jumping off of a cliff. Yep. Yes, please. Nope. Mm-hmm. Jumping um, off of a cliff. Not knowing what you're getting into. Right, right. You know, testing yourself. He's, he's not good at marketing CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> um, head of our social media. Great shirt. Um, yeah, he rocks the shirt, right? So I have the sun stains on it. It's my favorite one. It's a good one. Yeah. Is that a medium? It's turning into a small. Was it a medium? I don't know. I think either my waist is getting slimmer and my pants are falling down or my chest is getting bigger and it's pulling the shirt up. I'm getting like they're turning into belly shirts. It looks good on you. Um, Kariana, the the owner of um, Baton Rouge CrossFit, what is she? <laughs> Motown. Motown. <laughs> Motown CrossFit. It's kind of close. Yeah, she it's, gave, it's got letters in the name. She, <laughs> she, she gave me this shirt today, and she asked before she came out here with you. She said, "Are you what size are you?" And I said, "A large." And and her dude's like, "No, he's a medium." And it's like, "No, no." Like, when you have a gut like mine, you cannot wear a medium. It's not good. Oh yeah, gosh. it's the truth. No like, this way. Is, this makes my arm, uh, a medium makes my arms look good, but it makes me look, yeah, frump. Mm-mm. Yeah, so I, want, I go with the large. But you rock in the, the medium. This is a large. Oh, it is. Yeah. I, I, my body is changing for some reason. When, <laughs> when you, are you still doing that social experiment? I, I, experiments, whether social or not, I think we're constantly, we're all doing experiments. I right? know, but you were Isn't deep, that just life? A couple weeks ago, you, you pronounced you were doing an experiment. You know, it was like um, there was diet and you were going to jerk, you were documenting your semantics, your physique. Yeah. Um, we jumped into this podcast, starting this podcast 
30 or 40 podcasts ago, same way you did, free and invigorated, but slowly there's... 44 rule. podcasts. 44 podcasts. Ooh. But slowly there's rules and shit and boundaries being put upon us. Yeah. Um, how much did you weigh when you went to your CrossFit gym? Oh, 135 probably. When, when's the last time you weighed 135? I've Maybe a couple decades ago. I've been the kind of the same weight for a long time. I did a shitload of ecstasy for like a month straight. It was like the only time I dabbled in that stuff. It was in my 20s, and I dropped down to 137. Oh, man. Almost 135. I felt amazing. <laughs> no way. I felt really? so good. You didn't yeah, feel like emaciated? Sure. No. No. What are you and how much do you weigh now? Now I'm about high 150s. I'm, I'm trying to stay and get to 160. Holy cow. Yeah. And you're thin. Yeah. And how tall are you? If I stand up straight, six foot, five eleven. Okay. Yep. And do you not normally stand up straight? I'm working on it. CrossFit's <laughs> helping with the posture. So. Yeah, I thought you, <laughs> you 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 stand straight to me. What's your uh, athletic background? No athletic background. So I I played a little bit of high school volleyball. I played a little bit of hockey, play in the park, but no no legit organized sports of any kind. I never grew up playing soccer or baseball or anything else. So you get into CrossFit just out of pure curiosity. Pure cur- and interest. Yeah, curiosity, interest, taking control of your life, uh, learning something brand new again. I feel like the body and and who you are as a person is such an untapped potential of of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. learning more about yourself and being more of who you are. So, how how often are we willing to take that journey to the core of it all and see what happens? Mm-hmm. It's it's not an easy one to do. No, nope. you put on fifteen pounds of muscle. Yep. And how long did that take you? I, it's been, it's been a slow climb. So it's been over eight years now at this point. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. I had no idea. And you still go back and forth between the two gyms. Yeah. Primarily it's easier for me to get to Montclair in the mornings, but I, I do my best to make it down to Motown as often as I can. And Th- why they do both you... feel like home. Okay. And why do you do that? Why do you do two, do two gyms? So when I joined into the CrossFit world, and I learned about CrossFit, the, the sense of community, the sense of there are all different affiliates all over the place, and there's a there's an open hand for you when you're traveling. There's there's a CrossFit box in this town. There could be two there. I never saw it as this is my home gym, and this is the only place that you're going to associate yourself with, and this is this will be the only coaching that you get. I love learning from other coaches, from other facilities, seeing how other CrossFit gyms are run, and having the ability of, you know, to have a incredible gym like Kariana and Bill's down in Morristown, that's 20 minutes down the other way on the highway. So why not make the most of that opportunity? Have you taken your L1? I have. Um, do you, do you teach at the gym? I do not. Um, and, and you, how did this friendship blossom so strongly? If you don't teach at the gym, how does this friendship blossom so strongly here with, uh, Kariana? Huh. Awesome question. Thank you. So I appreciated from day one, let, let's make this a little longer story. So my first few Saturdays as a, as a member called Turkey doing CrossFit, I, with the whiteboards before all the fancy software was out there and, and marking your scores, there were a whole lot of DNFs on the wall for me. I, I was not finishing workouts. I was getting cut off just because I was getting smoked and completely oblivious what was going on. Hmm. And at the time, Kariana sometimes would come up to Montclair, and, and, and our coaches would go, go down to Morristown. Oh, so it's a good relationship between the affiliates. Excellent relationship. Okay. So, Love to hear that. 
I really appreciated the fact that there was someone that was present for me as I am and coaching me to my ability and scaling me accordingly and treating me with utmost respect and following up afterwards. So it was such a such a bespoke experience in a group environment that was was so foreign to me. And then seeing that Kariana as a coach was incredibly approachable, seeing that she is somebody that's trustworthy afterwards. It's not a say hello, try to remember the person's name. You're not intimidated mm -hmm. by her? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> not at all. I am. Yes. No. That was my follow-up question. No. You Kate, are? Kate keeps it real. She's awesome. Why are you intimidated? I'm intimidated by beautiful people. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can see that. Okay, go on. Sorry. So after a while, you know, I show up for 31 Heroes. You find yourself hanging out after workouts and mm -hmm. again it's the community it's 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 crossfit it doesn't matter if i'm going here or there but there was just something that resonated with a friendship and built into a trust eventually i i became part of the leadership team at gorilla fitness montclair and got involved with the social media there with the marketing there with the digital side of things and kind of when the maturation process was coming on the digital front with a lot of the the crossfit gyms and and the the industry overall so having the ability to to work with her team with our team and and kind of take things to the next level so you're not just working out together on the floor but you're also now working on common projects that are benefiting others mm. there was there was so much more behind the scenes that was building and growing and going going back to the dnf sorry yeah either i wasn't listening or i missed something sure. or or we skipped over it so she saw this and she saw that you had more potential and so she was like hey i want to work with you directly so that well, you I can improve in these markers, so you're not DNFing, or we need to scale you. She just took a special interest in your. No, so it it wasn't to, it wasn't not to that level. It wasn't okay. like I was a special case, and, okay. and she took me under her wing. No, it was just, <laughs> it was it was honest, deliberate, mindful coaching in the moment. It was it was a coach that's not just providing the right cues, but taking account who's who on the floor, where, and when, and that was so new to me and. Mm -hmm her ability to reach a good crossfit coach yeah yeah legit so her ability to me reach me as a beginner and still reach a person that was crushing it to the right of me that really that that resonated with me yeah she must That's be cool. one of the best coaches in the world killer sure yeah yeah you have a so so i asked Kari, kariana sent me this sure and I, and I wrote it down here that um is, is it mitral matt Mitral. mitral 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 valve tear and regurgitation oh. yeah it's right up there mitral valve rupture yeah enlarging heart that scares me not enlarge like enlarge but enlarging like it's happening actively mm -hmm. um fluid in the lungs imminent heart failure like uh, i, I try, try to ration that like oh we, we all have imminent heart failure don't uh -huh. we? Uh -huh. no oh <laughs> so <laughs> this is your diagnosis that you walk around with every day no so that's that's what got me so i had i had nothing so years of crossfitting no spells no issues nothing to flag i'm not passing out during workouts i'm not feeling my heart exploding in my chest totally normal heart rate goes up heart rate goes down mm -hmm. you're totally fine it was a just a normal saturday workout normal day at the gym go back home eat hang out uh take a nap before I go and, and party in the city that night just to go hang out with some buddies. Mm -hmm. I wake up from my nap and my heart is beating mid-Fran. 
Oh, wow. And that's not normal. I don't no. get panic attacks. I don't, it's not heartburn. It's, this is something completely foreign, completely bizarro. Crazy, yeah. And there you are seeing your, your covers kind of moving and your hands are over the covers and it's your heart that's beating through your chest. And you weren't on any drugs? No drugs. All right, just checking. No, we're good. And so, you get up and go right to the hospital? No. Uh, being the, the self-aware person that I was, you figure, oh, it's probably something that'll pass. I'll nap it off. Maybe I'll just hang home tonight. And couldn't really sleep that night. Stayed in. Missed out on hanging out. That was probably the biggest issue in my life at say, the moment. It's a big mm -hmm. bummer. Right? What are the buddies doing? Especially at that age. Right? Yeah. And How many years ago is this? This was about four years ago. Okay. So the night goes on. I can't sleep a wink. And I feel like a heaviness in my lungs, a little bit of a cough building up. The next morning I get out of bed and I'm exhausted. We had my grandmother's birthday party that, that we were hosting at my parents' house. And I remember barely being able to walk to the bathroom. And mm. for somebody who was deadlifting <laughs> 300 casually and running 5Ks backward mm. 48 hours earlier type of you know physical fitness, right. you're really, as a CrossFitter, you're, you're Something's tuned wrong. to what's yeah. going on. And yeah. something, was, something was a little off. So Self-awareness, yeah. You know what? Take it easy today. Self-awareness is not taking it to the level of being sent to the mm -hmm. ER and being passed around like a football. Mm -hmm. You don't think that it's your heart. You're 32 years old. Right. You're not right. thinking that it's your heart. Right. My heart's fine. My heart's you got some bad shape. or something, yeah. Whatever. It'll right. go away. Right. Fast forward another 24 hours and now... Have you... Sh sorry. Have yeah. you shared this with anyone at this point? Like, have you called a, a friend or your mom or your dad? I, I actually wrote a... So I wrote a journal entry that day and I took a picture when I realized that something was probably more serious than I thought it was. So I took a picture of that moment and I, I, like, I vividly recall saying, you know, I don't know if I should tell mom or dad or not because my parents are older. They're the ones... You know, you think that the elderly or, or people that are advanced in age are the ones that are going to be having heart issues. Right. Not your 32-year-old son who's was, fit as a fiddle. Right. Was your heart rate spiking up and down or was it continuously oh, up that whole time? freight train the entire time. Really? Wow. I'd be sitting here and, and you would be seeing... The whole time. Beating. Yeah. Mm. And you're figuring, all right, calm down, do your breathing exercises, figure right. out. So anyways, it, it was another 24 hours or so and then... We had a family friend who was a cardiologist, and that Monday morning after the weekend, my parents dropped me off at his office, and I mean, I was I was almost fading to white at that point. It was mm. just, all right, something is definitely wrong. I'm crawling up the stairs on all fours. Oh, man. Trying to make it up. Literally crawling. This is not for podcast purposes. Like, you're barely <laughs> hoping to put that next oh, arm man. up. Yeah. And you have no idea what's going on. No clue. Okay. But now you figure it's your heart because this guy's been blasting for the past 48 hours. Okay. You get into the cardiologist's yep. office. And he has, he has the nerve to tell me that I need to have heart surgery ASAP. Wow. Are you kidding me? You see this body? <laughs> right. CrossFit. I'm right. healthy. Right, right, right. So. What did he see? What did he do? What did he do to look inside of you? What, what, what tools did he use? Sure. So there, were, there was the basic test. There was the where they put the electrodes on you and, and they're taking your EKG. I had an echocardiogram, which is like the, it's like this gel and, and they're doing an ultrasound of, of what's going on inside. Those are the two preliminary tests. And even after the EKG, everything was just so zigzag and crazy. It was, it was, it was not the beautiful line that you see drawn everywhere. So that was, you know, he, 
he he kind of threw it back in my face and he's like look i'll fly you anywhere anywhere for your second opinion that you're looking for if your second mm -hmm. opinion is that important every single cardiologist or specialist that you ask mm -hmm. is going to be telling you to to saw you open right here now oh wow yeah to do what Emergency. to further assess or uh, to... well so that was the big question it was he he felt like there was something on the left side of my heart probably mitral valve related based on what he was hearing it's, and, great, it's a great reference point. Yeah, right. incredible. I know, I keep right. looking at it. Right. The engine block right there. Like, tell tell man, us what the mitral valve is. Hard. Mitral, mitral? So the mitral valve. Mitral the mitral valve, valve that's, the, that's from the left atrium, and it's pushing the blood to the left ventricle, I think. It's the A to V, and that's putting the oxygen-rich blood back into your body. So, so the, it's, that it's basically, valve, it's one of yeah. the doors Correct. that separates the compartments of Correct. the heart. Okay. Correct. It's one of the smaller ones. Okay. And so based on what... Just based on what he was saying, I knew he knew that it was serious enough of a regurgitation of what the, the sound that he was hearing that eh, maybe they could go in and repair it, but odds are good that they probably need to replace it. So there's a door, and yep. blood needs to flow. It's a one-way door, and yep. blood needs to go through it. Correct. And by regurgitation, meaning the f blood is actually going in, and then there's some sort of back pressure, and it's flowing back out the wrong direction. Correct. So Ca it's like causing a backup in the whole thing. It's these flaps that are opening and closing. Like um, when you flush to poop down the toilet, and mo it goes away, and then a piece comes back. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of poop going back go. in. Drives on the point. Yep. analogy. Okay. So he hears that. So I was almost 50-50 in terms of 50% of the blood was not making it out. So now get to the whole enlarged mm -hmm. heart part and everything else, the fluid building in the lungs. Is this, as someone's telling you this, like, are, is this all foreign to you? Like, do you, do you know any stuff about the heart? I have no Have you clue. ever heard the term um, uh, mitral valve? No. No. Okay. Good. I had I, never heard any of that until I yeah. was trying to learn about it. And now it's too. a matter of life Refresh. and death, and you're waiting, you're, you're hoping that this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, and so, so one of your valves is torn. Yep. And is another one ruptured? Are there two no, doors? No, so, so just one door. I only had the one valve, so okay. we didn't know that. I went to a specialist. So I, they found a specialist who backtracked a little. With heart issues, there's often obesity-related or people advanced in age or other types of extreme older situations. I'm young. I'm fit. I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm eating right. I'm doing everything. I am. I am checking off all the boxes you don't right. smoke right no not at all so go find a specialist that can handle the tough cases you don't work in the iphone factory with benzene no all right we're good i'm not huffing gas all right all right yeah. just trying to you yeah. have your list i have yeah. my list. <laughs> are there anything like are there any genetic things is anybody in your family not really no suffered from you're not eating no. daily from an e coli rich environment <laughs> That would definitely not set you up for success. That's a big no. I don't know if that I don't know if that affects the heart like this. No chance. I mean, Kara, do you get that joke? Uh, yes, I certainly do. All, right, yeah. all right. Previous show we talked Dr. about Bob. coli rich environment. Sorry. So they found a yes. specialist for me. Okay. Sorry, and Paul. Specializes in a lot of athletes and, and tough cases. Mm -hmm. And I went with my parents to go see him for the nuclear imaging testing and like the legit in depth type of let's see what's really going on in there. And I walked into the room with my father, my father who probably just turned seventy at the time. He wasn't sure if it's for my dad or if it's for me. He's like, is this for you or is this for you? Huh. And like, Have they given you anything that makes oh, you man. feel better? Can they at this yeah, point? Yeah, so they, what they, do they, do? they gave, I was eating a handful of pills probably every few hours. So I was getting water tablets. I was, I was getting beta blockers, beta blockers the, yeah. the rate inhibitors, all the different types of. So some stuff was that you were feeling a little better. You weren't crawling. 
I wasn't crawling. I was I was walking. I was taking things very okay. gingerly. Okay. But you also feel like you're you're in a sarcophagus and you're just frozen in time. Mm. Okay. So you're being somebody who's pretty in tune with his body and what's going on. You're aware that you're just a ghost of the machine. Are you scared? Mm. Yeah. You are because you're a human. Like crying scared? No. I didn't I didn't make it to that to that part. Okay. So you're scared because now mortality and life and death are yours to consider in all of their weight and honesty mm-hmm. I would wow. think the fear everything of the, the fear of the unknown I mean, i'm gonna go you know one of two ways here yeah that's a real thing that not so a lot of people are faced with on a daily it gets basis. real and real quick yeah. so you might not live to get married you might not live to have Jeez. a kid you might not live to see next week you might not you know y- your mother and your father might have to bury you Oh, yeah. Jeez. Um, so this is day two. You're going to another doctor with your dad. Sorry, I'm trying yeah, to pick up where we're Yeah, yeah, right further down right. in the week. Okay, further down in the week. Yeah. So you've had a week. You went to yep. this doctor. Yep. Now you've had a week to sit around your house yep. and wait for this next appointment. And you're basically just sitting around your house. You can't, you can't work. You can't go to your CrossFit gym. You're getting nervous about your bills piling up. I'm not so not nervous about the whole bills part. But yeah, you're, you're inactive and you're not doing what you've done for the past few years you're not you're just inactive you're waiting you're mm-hmm. waiting to see which doctor thinks what you're waiting to to hear an expert opinion about something that you can't touch your heart mm-hmm. if you see that your elbow is messed up you can go and do something to your elbow and, and react to it with a visual and and, and touch mm-hmm. but your heart's under your rib cage and what the heck does it look like what's going on in there why do i feel this way Okay. So you're waiting. And I don't know, just to get to, to the point of the, the biggest question mark, I don't know if it's something that can be repaired and the show goes on, or do they need to saw me open and replace it and potentially lose me during surgery or have complications down the road? Mm. So you go to this, who is it? The second doctor with your dad, the one who was like, right. which so, one you guys So the specialist, it? Dr. Okay. Saunders, he, okay. incredible guy. And you talk about somebody who's skilled at his craft and was willing to attack a tough case such as mine willing to to go and get in there and initially the guy the doctor thought that yes they could repair it so it's going to be a minimally invasive surgery they go in under the rib cage a few hours they go in they they kind of tighten things up in there i should be good to go if however they go in there and they see that it's worse than the imaging shows at that point of that minimally invasive surgery, they get out and they start the open heart surgery and they go to phase two, which is the fully invasive and, and heavy duty one. Replacing the doors. Yes. Cutting my, my valve out and putting in a new one. Crazy. <clears throat> and what's the this new... Okay, sorry. Yeah. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Okay, so so they... they you, so you opt in. You're like, okay, fine, I'll do the surgery. No. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I, I eventually said yes to the surgery. So I was still slightly in denial of I do not need the surgery. I'm fit. Mm-hmm. I will find alternative health methods to potentially self-medicate myself and, and get better here. No. Eventually, I came to peace with the fact that, yes, I do need a surgeon to go in there and take a better look and repair or, or see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I was at peace with that fact. And then there was another element of if it does go heavier and we have to start cutting me open, 
that's the option of, well, do you want a natural valve or a mechanical valve at that point, which is a totally different spectrum of, okay. of things to consider for your life. Uh, natural meaning it belonged to someone else? It would be a bovine valve, a pig valve. Pigs, right. Yep. Yeah. Is that what Bob told us? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, so you have to decide that before they go in in case they have to make. Yep. So they got that valve just sitting there. Correct. And and does he tell you or what 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 finally clicks that makes sure. you go okay I'm not in denial anymore yeah so <clears throat> it's it's a few things so having trust in the surgeon and his craft and his ability to make the right call when he's in there that was big for me so if you know that a specialist if you know that a coach is a legit coach and this coach is cueing you for a certain thing you're gonna listen to the coach right. If this surgeon is that legit surgeon, he's had that many tough cases, and his opinion is that, yeah, this is what should happen, I'm at peace trusting in his decision at the time. I know that the way that I was raised with my faith and my foundation internally, I had I had peace about that. I knew that... Meaning you, you believe you're going to heaven? Yes. Okay. Yep. So it was a win-win for me. Either I get better or I'm going to a better place. But also, all of this is lining up for for a reason, and there are lessons to be had here, and this adventure is awaiting me. So, I wrapped my head around the adventure, and this is something unique and something to go and embrace. <clears throat> I'm not going to be running from this. I'm not going to be running from the unknown. Just kind of like we spoke about earlier with CrossFit, it's a great mm -hmm. unknown of what you're what you're aware of, what you can do, what the body is capable of, etc. So it was. It was the moment when the nurses came in to prep me for surgery the morning of surgery when I finally decided that I want to go with a full replacement. I did not want to be repaired. I wanted to be replaced. So the morning of surgery, after I said goodbye to my parents, is when I, I looked the doctor in the eye when he came to prep me. And that was, you know what, doc? Saw me open. Cut it out. Let's do this the right way. Hmm. Uh, are wow. you allowed to make that decision? Absolutely. It's your body. Yep. And when when he went in there, did those two ideas coincide? Did they work well together? Did he see a valve that needed to be replaced, or did he do it against his better judgment? No, he he was he was relieved that I chose that option. Okay. So, so he was not being polite because that's that's not painting him professionally the right way. But he was willing to go and repair it and and do his best to repair and and either buy me time or hope that that works. But if you want to do it the right way, you cut it out completely and you start from zero again. Hmm. So he was he was thankful that I was willing to go and, and take that route. Wait, so you can you can do that? They have they had a heart there, you're swapping hearts or no, the not, not heart, the valve, the valve. Just the valve. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so before the surgery you had decided whether you were gonna use bovine or mechanical, yep. and on the day you decided just do it. Is he is he I'm assuming it's a longer operation? Yeah. Is he prepared to do that? Yes. Oh, so he he was right, ready because just in, ca in case he goes in, in and he, he sees okay. something wrong, they were going to saw me open anyways. And that was like Plan B, just in case. Correct. So no I said go what. with Plan B because that's going to be the better plan. In did, the long sorry. run, did yeah. they choo choose? Did you choose bovine? Or no, mechanical? I went with a mechanical valve. And when it's mechanical, what what's what's it made of? So the mechanical valve, it's it's a oh, there it is. So it's yeah, that was that that's it, that drawing that he had. I don't know the exact materials. Oh, you have a two-door valve, not a three-door valve? I think it's two. 
Oh, yours is two. Is the is? I can't see it. Oh, did Bob tell us? I think that the human one is three, right? How how big is it? Can you like? Oh, size it's it's here? it's tiny. You're, you're looking at like your fingernail. Did you ever? Your, did you ever see it before it went in you? Like he's got it in a little. They, bag. they have those little little models oh, in the office type of. You never saw the real one. I didn't see mine. No. Okay. Yeah. Like doctor, can I get the can I get the blue one? <laughs> Maybe like a cherry red. <laughs> So he says that to you. I went with the. You, me- you I, I chose the mechanical him. option. Okay, and is that what he wanted you to do? He had no opinion. He wasn't nudging me either way. There's a a shorter lifespan on the on the pig valve, so it's a natural valve. So eventually, the natural material will break down, and I would need to be sawed open. You'd have to do it again in like ten years. Or Not oh, that's right. Bob told us that. Man, Bob yep. covered this shit good. Yeah, he, he did. did. It really Thanks, Bob. Yeah. He said it's like a, having a foreign body in your exactly. in your body, so it, yep. it, your body wants to get rid of it. Yep. So you're just gonna have to redo it. Yep. I don't know yeah, which I, way. Is there you go. I, 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 that's pretty big. So the, there's aortic valves and there's mitral valves. I I'm not the doctor in the room, mm-hmm. so I think it's smaller. Okay, yeah, he, he showed us the aortic. I never dove that. I mean, just freaking crazy. Just looking at it, if I've if I can put longer space in between having to cut my chest open, I would probably do that too. So I'd go mechanical. I, honestly, oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. i go mechanical too. Well, it's different for men and women though. So if, if you are trying to have children, there's there's you can't be on the blood thinners. There, there's all different things that, that start oh. coming into effect. But for myself, I knew that blood thinners would become some some type of reality for me going forward if I choose the mechanical valve. But otherwise... Hey, this thing can last a really, really, really long time. You're talking about decades worth of performance. Mm-hmm. Can you still have children? Absolutely. Speaking of decades of performance, okay. <laughs> so you go with the mechanical. Yep. Um, what, this blood thinner, do you still take it today? To yes. This day? Do you inject it in your stomach? No, it's a pill. Okay. Yep. You, you have the surgery. Yep. How's that go? How many people are involved? <laughs> Surgery is fun. So they, they wheel you into the room and they, they strap you down onto the, the metal table, cold room, and you're, you know, your arms are out, you're strapped down like, like on a cross because that's obviously the easiest way to open mm-hmm. the chest cavity up. And I never saw how many people are in the room, thankfully. They <clears throat> knock you out cold. But that's, what, seven, eight hours worth of operation time? That's where mm-hmm. Dr. Bob comes in and does the anesthesia yeah so you're out for seven or eight hours however long that was right then they eventually get you into your recovery room and that's when the family after a while can can come in to see you and you're not you're not awake it but i i came to pretty quickly and that again was thanks to my fitness and just the level of health in general i didn't have a long time and and coming back i know none of us are doctors here but let me see if i can understand this correctly sure there's basically three major pieces that they have to move through first they have to yep. open your chest yep. and get to your heart then they have to actually cut open your heart correct you got to yeah. get the lungs out of the way too oh yeah he said they have to deflate so the this, lungs yep. do, do they like take those out like how does that work i don't know if they shift it over take it out but yeah I there's sh- you look happy there yeah because i'm alive you got a yeah. new lease on life yeah so then they they move the lungs but over. the one with the they cut open your heart, yeah. and then when they're in the heart, they yeah. cut out the old valve, right? and then there must be just blood everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Well, they're also, so your body is, is near frozen. So they're freezing your body. You're in like a, you're in a solid state where, where not everything is pumping around and, and gushing all over the place, right? But your brain still has to be getting blood. Yeah. 
So the, I, I you, think they have a machine that goes and, and either mimics the, the flow of blood and, and, and they keep the vitals going. Moving. Yep. And then they close you up hoping they did everything right. And then it's a waiting game. Yeah. And then your body has to learn everything from scratch again. Do they see the valve work before they close your heart? I believe so. Give it the old flick. <laughs> they must, I would think. Yeah. I, 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 don't I mean, know. I don't know. Do you have a stethoscope at home? I don't. That's that's a great question. Man. Yeah, thank you. I should get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious what the over-under is going to be today. Four? Um... Yeah, you got to get one of those. Yeah, right? Yeah, give me your address. I'll mail you one okay. just for like like a thank you. Like, no, Normally, we don't pay anyone anything. I'll get you a t-shirt. Off, you get me a stethoscope. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a friendship building. <laughs> so you come out and... So you have the tube down your throat, so you can't breathe. You're fully intubated. You have. I don't to... believe you. I don't see it. Well, it's not in surgery. It's post. Oh, post. <laughs> I, I think I have something in the shared photos of, of the tube <laughs> in there. There we go. Oh my goodness! So you're out there. So that's what your parent—that's what my parents saw when they, when when they walked in. So you look like Neo from The Matrix, except even pastier than oh, I look yeah, on camera yeah. now. And so the anesthesiologist colder. hasn't brought you back. Speaking of Doctor Bob, yeah. correct. Okay, but surgery's over. Yes, surgery okay. is over. I'm back. So I wake up and I felt the discomfort of the tube all the way down my throat, and I actually helped the nurse pull it out of my throat. She let you do that. Yeah, I, I was with it enough. It wasn't like a, a visceral reaction that I'm flailing around and trying to, to get it out. That must have felt good when that came out, like better than a splinter. It, yeah, but gag. But even so then, you can't you can't gag, you can't cough, you can't, can't sneeze, you can't yell, oh. you can't nothing because so this is so tender. Oh. You don't want to be ripping anything. Also, mm -hmm. everything is screaming with pain on the inside mm. because your heart and lungs, which are protected by ribs for a reason they don't like to be touched, poked, prodded, or cut. And mm. now it feels like somebody just busted a few light bulbs in there. Oh. Is that a completely unique feeling? It's, it is indescribable. Okay, so. Indescribable. As you come to, you're feeling pains and discomforts that, that most people don't live through. Yep. And um, are you on pain meds? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're mainlining everything right into you. So the morphine or, or whatever else you are, you're heavily sedated. Do you remember your first thoughts or your first words as you came out? I don't remember my first words, but I 100% recall vividly how, how amazing it felt to be alive. You're alive. You're alive. Let's do this. When I was seven years old, I was riding my bicycle, and I fell off my bike, and I hit my head. And um, I hit it on the side of a curb. And I remember somehow my sister taking me home and I remember for the next 12 hours lying in bed and vomiting all over myself and just like not being myself. And then uh, four days later, I woke up in a hospital surrounded by old people everywhere. I was in the intensive care unit and there were tubes coming out here and a tube on my cock. And oh, yeah. I was just in bed and I was seven years old. And um, the nurse comes over to me. None of my family's there. And she goes, hi. And I go, hi. And I go, is it Thursday? And she goes, it is. And I said, oh, cool. It's not 8 o'clock yet, is it? She goes, it's 11. I'm like, oh, I missed the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I'm a, I, and, you know, I am a carnal man. Like Dan Bailey said, I'm not like you. Like, you're thankful to be alive, and I want to see Bill Bixby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. 
Oh, well, man. you're seven years old. I'm too, seven, yeah. right? And my parents weren't even there. When you woke up, were your parents there? They were there. God, yeah. your parents were there. I go, Mom, why weren't you there? She said, They told me to go home and get some sleep. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But you're alive. And I also, most of my, yeah. the left part of my body felt like it was frozen. I really couldn't move my hand at the time. Mm. And, you know, to the point of the catheter, I had the catheter going on. When you mean frozen, what do you mean? Frozen. You feel like you're in a block of ice and I can't move my hand. So you're now you're wondering like okay maybe I'll I'm dealing with paralysis of some sort or maybe this is going to be a longer road back. They don't they don't know how the body's going to recover, mm-hmm. right? Then oh, so wow. I have drainage tubes coming out of my chest, the catheter, everything else that's going on. You, you you're you're Neo from the Matrix. You are fully plugged in, and there's stuff coming out of you from. You're not. Area. Are you allowed to eat? I wasn't allowed to eat for a while, but yeah. not not for too long. Like a yeah. day. Yeah, not even. What was your first meal? I have no clue. Okay. But the cool thing is that, you know, thanks to my parents again, they had the ability to actually bring me decent food from home. Nice. Because before we even get to the nutrition side of how awful the system is, you know, bringing you margarine and and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff and telling you what you can eat and the the healthy foods that the nutritionist of a cardiothoracic wing is telling you. So bad. Here, here's a giant glass of orange juice. Oh, worse. (laughs) Yeah. Use a Splenda. Why, Why use the white sugar? Oh man! <laughs> uh, brought to you by our sponsors. How many days are you in the hospital before you get to go home? On average, it's a week that you spend in the hospital. I was out in five or six days. Do you walk out on your own, or yes. are you wheelchair out? You walk out. I walked out on my own. And the doctor's orders are: he slaps you on the ass and says, "Add a boy, kid. Rest for another month, and then get back to life." Uh, so partially. So. Again, here's the cool part about CrossFit. So being so fit before surgery got me out of bed sooner. That getting out of bed sooner gets your body moving sooner. Getting people moving sooner gets them healthier sooner. Mm -hmm. Being aware of what you can do as a CrossFitter in terms of functional movements Mm of normal body weight or or body movements that that you should be doing gets you mentally healthier sooner. Mm -hmm. So I I was out of my bed by... By the second, by the end of the second day, I was actually helping my my surgeon pull the tubes out of me. By the third day, mm-hmm. I was taking stairs. By the fourth day, so the challenges that you give yourself during a workout now manifest themselves in the challenge of the hospital ward. Right. So you were just scaling, scaling with your life depending on it. So to the, to, to answer your question completely, when I got out, I wasn't even recommended to do the the basic cardio rehab where they're giving you like a hand pedal and and getting you to walk on a treadmill slowly you were past that i was past that my body was completely broken down and needed to relearn everything again but your muscular state your your the oxygen the blood flowing everything just your your ability to do things did not warrant those smaller things so i could go and walk i can go and do things that somebody older and heavier would not be doing what do you mean um, relearn? You mean just re- build the capacity back up or yeah. actually relearn? Capacity, but also, you, you know, your coordination gets a little funky early on. Your internals were tinkered with. Right. There's something yeah, that Yeah, what's happens. your heart rate like after that? that? Like, what's, when do, How long it's does it take for everything to be normal? Like your heart rate to be normal. Yep. I mean, does that happen immediately that next day? Like the pumps working, operating correctly, so and it, you're it sounded there in normal. Bed? Yeah, it, it sounded it, normal. It was. It sounded normal. The rate wasn't skyrocketed anymore. You come back down to earth gradually, gradually. By the time you're out of the hospital, you have a normal heart rate. 
normal blood pressure. And they do, I, I did have a whole bunch of pills that they gave me as, as proactive or, or defensive measures to make sure that nothing gets squirrely or spirals out when I get home or if something goes wrong, like they can keep me contained and taper me off. But mm. even early on, my goal was get off the meds as soon as you can. Not, don't be an idiot about it, but right. become yourself again. So if it takes you two months Crazy. to get off the meds instead of six, win-win. Does So that valve, have you ever heard it when you were in the hospital? Did you ever? Oh, yeah. You've heard it. You want to get into something that's that's super heavy and super incredible. So people who have mechanical valves especially, I hear, I hear my heart regularly. And it's how you hear a wristwatch. I, I hear it reverberating inside of me. Really? So during a workout, I know when I'm starting to redline. I, there's this indescribable metal type of sound of something hmm. ticking wow. and beating inside of you. And on, depending on where you stand or sit, if you were to put the mic by my heart, you would actually be hearing, be, super loud. You'd be hearing me right now in the room. Wow. And Crazy. Do you need maintenance on those doors? No. They built them right to last a long time. And when they are closed, are they sealed 100% shut? Yep, I'm good. I'm not leaking back into the heart. Is it better than a your than a re, than my valve? I don't I don't know your is valve. It, well, I, his is brand new. Think about, think about getting an, an aftermarket part. So, <laughs> so, so I'm just it up. like, did so, they make it better than? Can you I mean, a spoiler on this? Correct. Thing? So the I mean, I know you're a religious man. I don't mean to bag on your no, guy, but did they please. make it better than God? So, 103 percent was a number that was given to me. Remember the number 103 because I'm going to be at 103 percent performance from where I was. I'm going to have a three percent improvement on my heart beating. So you'll get back to normal and now you're going to be more efficient and you're going to be healthier for it. So do they know how long you had been living with a valve that was slightly damaged? Nope. Um, it, it was like the X-Files for them. So I had, I had a couple issues at childbirth. It was, it was a tough childbirth. I had a misdiagnosed appendectomy when I was three and are, mm. you know, paralyzed from the waist down type of thing. And, and, What's well, a well, what's a appendectomy? My appendix, appendix was removed, so my appendix burst. The, the toxins were spreading through my body. I was at birth. No, no, at the age of three. Oh, sorry. What at birth? I, I had trouble breathing, and there were there were a few complications during labor. But you know, thankfully. But your appendix did burst. When oh you were yeah, three? And, and my my pediatrician That's thought painful. it was a, like a bad stomach virus, or whatever. He told my parents at the time, and that mm. spread for two three days worth. Oh my! God. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And wh- and oh. why did that happen? Why did the appendix burst? Yeah. No idea. Nothing. I don't think people sh- know why exactly yeah, that, that that's can one burst. Of the, yeah. That's one of the big question marks on, on humans. What the heck does it do and why does it go bad sometimes? And why do you remember it? Because it's so painful? Uh, the painful part of it, but I also have a pretty vivid memory and I go pretty far back in time with what I recall very vividly. So from wow. the age of late two to early three on, I, I recall. Wow. So you had a surgery. Yeah. So I had a pretty, pretty cool scar down there. There's one of them. And then <laughs> I had... I, I have the the zipper. I, I have the the scar going down. All, all sorts of scars in my life. Hmm. So the valve probably just tore. Yep. It's not like Kara's question. There was kind of a presupposition in it that um, uh, how long was it torn? But from the way I'm thinking about it, is it wasn't torn and then it tore. It could have been gradual. It it could have torn. And and you if if it is a gradual defect and something you start acclimating yourself and getting used to it so i, right, I don't know right have you ever met someone else who's had this oh, a, yeah. a valve replacement 
Right. So, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So nice, nice work. You just drew yeah, that good up. One. Nice, Ooh, Eric. Yeah, just made it. Damn, After nice effect. graphic. It's looking good. <clears throat> oh. There, there it is. Bob, and, and we won't go into it now, but Bob was explaining to us where that blood goes. And actually, we're going to have him back on yep. and do this lecture on film. Awesome. But man. Whew, so check this out. Heavy shit. You're asking if, if I met anyone else who had a, a valve replacement. In the process of that week or so before surgery, you feel like you're the only human being in the world who's having something like this. I'm fit. I'm young. I'm healthy. I'm doing everything right. There is nobody out there that has this let alone in the CrossFit world. CrossFit is the pinnacle of health. And who the heck do I have to turn to? My coach in the gym? Coach in the gym has no idea. Right. It was an unbelievable gift, blessing, whatever you want to call it. At the time, the journal, or or I forget if it was the game site, actually had an article about Ingrid Contola and DJ Forsyth, two oh, right. CrossFit athletes who had heart issues that came back to the level of a regional athlete or an elite athlete soon after. So I printed up both copies before surgery and had that in my hospital bag next to my bed, like a Rad. like a baseball card from yeah, back totally. in the day of your favorite player. <laughs> and I knew that no matter what, there are two other human beings on this planet that speak my language, that hmm. know what it's like to go, know I what intensity is about, and got just, in touch with them, bit. got in touch with them before surgery, and neither one was sugarcoating things. Both of them were brutally honest that, yeah, it's going to be a tough road. Yeah, it's going to get real. It's going to get real quick, but you're going to be fine. So now two turns into three. And then I made it my goal from the second that I woke up from that surgery to find anyone and everyone out there. So we actually started with DJ and Ingrid and a few of us. There's actually a group of, <clears throat> it's now over 150 of us that we found worldwide. Hmm. Hmm. worldwide crossfitters or fitness people that are facing surgery had surgery or have somebody like a mother with with her son or, mm -hmm. or somebody in the group that that has somebody super close to them so made sure that we take care of our own and we are there for each other 24 7 any questions go hmm. and taking it past the point of crossfit and into the 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 human side of of crossfit and, and community the depression that people face, the question marks that people face, the the reality of your mortality when you face it is an unbelievable weight that no barbell can ever recreate. All of those things. So now we are there for each other. That's rad. You have you, you have two things going for you, three things. One, your fitness and you had CrossFit. Two, yep. you had your faith. Yep. And three, you also have a very interesting uh, mechanism for um, um, not um, – avoiding the uncomfortable but confronting it absolutely and you know a lot of people don't have that yep you know um, they're afraid of public speaking so they don't you're the kind of person you're afraid of public speaking you're going to go get up on Let's stage and deal with it yeah um so it's interesting that you put yourself out there yep. because those are three just it was still an immense weight on you and you have those three things going for you yep. um, do you want to give out your email sure so my email is my last name farmiga f-a-r-m-i-g-a at gmail.com and we can put that in the description. Okay. And people can contact you Absolutely. like, hey, 100%. any questions, yep. blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yep. There's also, awesome. just to, to continue it, there is a website that I am in the process of building out. It's called takeheart.today. That's going to be a full forum of other CrossFitter stories and specific examples and 
just some awesome content from real people sharing their stuff and That's translating so to everyone else in the community. That's really cool. There you go. So when life holds a hand up, see through it with an open heart. I love it. When you go home, hmm. you get home. Do you live by yourself at this point? No, I, I was with my parents. Okay, so that was good. Yep. You had someone there. Yep. And um, is it flawless between that point when you get out of surgery and to the moment you're sitting here? No way. Okay. Uh, when you talk about dark nights, mm -hmm. you've never experienced dark nights as you did coming back from something like this. It's an unknown inside of you. It's something so deep. It's, it's stuff poets write about it's it's stuff that's like so ethereal and so massive the heart the heart's the factory the 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 machine it's it's everything for who you are as a human so who you are in your recovery and who you are in your reality and who you are as a human is now in such a liminal state you any comfort zone that you knew before is now gone anything that you knew as status quo is now gone there is no new normal yet because you don't even know what your normal is. So the mental challenges that you have, the physical challenges that you have, uh, you know, peeing is uncomfortable, digesting food is, is tougher, trying to get your lung capacity back is, is super tough. How you react to things emotionally is mm -hmm. now an unbelievable challenge because you actually feel the cortisol levels building and it feels like venom coursing through you. Mm -hmm. So all these different things that you feel if you bruise, you're you're getting a welt that's massive mm. all these things that can suddenly start piling on and you have to deal with all of them at once you can't get your feet on the ground it's almost like you forgot who you are you've been stripped you're learning down. about yourself again completely with way more cognitive capacity than you had the first time meaning when you're born if if yeah correct go back to the is, is and is that scarier than the actual it sounds terrifying so it's, it's terrifying it depending like, on um, what lens you're like looking a, through. It sounds like um, uh, um, when I think of prison, when they put you in a... Solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. It's kind of like oh, that, man, right? Oh, man, that's scary. So take it out of that little room of solitary confinement and, and change that into a massive wilderness, all right? So you're, you're one man or one woman in a vast expanse of unknown. So forget the room. The room is comfortable. The room, you know your boundaries in the room. At least room. you're protected. Absolutely. <laughs> From the hell And there is probably some slit of light coming in, which is great so <laughs> you're in a wilderness you have no idea what direction to go to you have no idea where or what or how you have no idea if you're going to clean again you have no idea what your back sweat is like but forget about that you don't know what it's like to drive a car you need to figure out the speed of driving a car in, in a rainstorm and now there's headlights so there's audio visual concerns now like you name the, the different levels of challenges that you have but to your question of is it scary I mean, is Murph scary for, for a beginner? Sure. But it's not scary if you're willing to undergo the challenge. It's not scary if you're willing to see it as an adventure. It's not scary if you identify your targets one at a time of what you're going to learn about, of what you're going to focus on, of what you're not going to get to you. All those self-help books, all of that stuff that tries to fix a thousand things at once, you do one at a time. You take each day one at a time. You wake up in the morning, and that day is the greatest day of your life. And you are going to take those challenges as they come because you have no option. You're alive. All of us in this room are dying, whether you like it or not. But are you living? I got a chance to live again. So you better believe that I'm going to take that opportunity 
and take every single challenge head on. It's interesting. That's exactly what I wanted to take it. I take my life for granted. So yep. I live like way out here where right. my aspirations are. Yeah. But when you confront death, like you have to come all the way fucking back. And it's quiet and heavy there. To yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be like living out here just like taking life for granted and, and living in this. You can, but what, do you, what are you doing then? Realm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You're floating in life. That's, that's great. Right. I right. mean, I think the closest I get to that is like last week when we were on the airplane. You know, Went, doosh, doosh, doosh. Well, I thought I was going to die. I mean, for a split second. Another plane flew through. We flew through the back of another plane's wake. Oh. Just different degrees. There's yeah. turbulence and yeah. there's yeah. open heart by, surgery. By no way, shape, or form am no, I trying but, to parallel this to your story. No, but I'm no. trying to relate it to something that I can I can maybe think of where I live out here, but then bring it back to be like, what matters? We both looked at each other and we were like, oh, my God, I can't feel my legs. Because that's the adrenaline spike. We yeah, and I was like, "This is the last person I'm going to see before I die." <laughs> <laughs> Why is he holding my hand? <laughs> it. I wasn't holding. I imagined hand. it so differently. <laughs> so, um, specifically, yep. y- you took it deeper than 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 my intended question, and thank you. But specifically, physically, yep. were there any uh, besides besides the um, you know the the breathing, the mm-hmm. learning your balance. I mean, those are all real. But I'm speaking like um, medically speaking. Did, yep. Have you had any problems with your valve? Have it, it complications with your nope. medication? No complications. Um, Happy, healthy cardiologist is thrilled with all the progress. I'm barely seeing him once a year now. Nice. So you have the surgery, yep. and basically everything you're dealing with now is this new body, yep. sort of um, physically the the way it. W- from the insides being tinkered with. How and I lost a ton of weight too. Disrupted. You did. Oh, I, I lost nearly 20 pounds. So I went back to about 140 pounds. Okay. So wow. from 165 at the time of surgery. Yeah. So you were Dang. looking pretty thick in those pictures. I, I dropped uh, over the course fast. of, over the course of how long? Less than a month. Mm. Oh wow. I'm, you are what? wilting. Yeah. Cause you, you're not eating like you, like you ate. Oh, wow. You're not moving like right. you moved. You're the not, body's being stressed. The body is completely. And probably working so hard to, Yep. Use something new in your body yep. to pump it. Yeah. Yep. Valve's perfect. Valve's great. So it's all basically, um, it's all stuff you have to personally tackle. Yep. There's no going back to the hospital. Um, and how long? It was four years ago, the surgery? Four years. So again, Bravo to CrossFit. My surgery was on March 21st, 321 of all things. So that was that was a nice little, Funny. little marker for me. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. So that was March 21st. Four years ago, hmm. so we're almost there. Do you feel back? Like, do you are, do you feel like you've gone back to being the old Paul, or is that guy gone? And this 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 experience was so um, earth shattering that the, it's a whole new trajectory. Like you, it's definitely a new Paul. Definitely a new Paul. Uh, I rediscovered a lot of old Paul you rediscover a lot of things that you appreciated as a kid. You rediscover things that probably should have mattered to you more when you were floating up here or, or you were that guy with that role or that circle or whatever was going on. You start appreciating things differently. You start asking yourself the honest questions more. So is it a new Paul? Yeah, every day is a new Paul. Hmm. But to your question, it's a new Paul who found that he doesn't care what your opinion is if I like that from back in the day and I'm going to start doing it again or that I really appreciate that or that I'm going to call my grandmother every day at, at 2 o'clock and whatever. It's my grandma. She's still alive. I was not doing this earlier, so I'm going to do it now. Right. Mm. You've course corrected. 
Yeah. What do you eat? It's on, it's on the paper. So I'm, I'm, I'm eating as, as CrossFit prescribes and, and eating healthy in general. So are you more plant-based? No, 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 definitely not. Uh, having some fun with a nutritionist in the hospital and having her try to explain to me why I should be eating certain foods or not eating certain other foods and her not understanding the, the different types of fats or, or what proteins do what to you and what the sources are and why magnesium is better than something. So all of those things, you learn to research your food more. You learn to, to understand what you're putting in your body more. I'm not ultra clean and Mr. Example of, of high quality clean eating here. So absolutely not. I will still inhale four to five slices of pizza <laughs> with my eyes closed, but I'm also doing it because I know that I probably lifted heavy and I want to put on some weight. So I'm just going to mash my body up with a lot of junk for now and then go and, and, and course correct later on. I appreciate a good cheeseburger, but I do my best to make sure that the food is coming from some place that I know in the earth that was raised naturally and not monsanto and none of the other garbage that they're pumping into our systems. Mm -hmm. How old are you? I am 36. Are any of your numbers back to what they were yeah. when you, they are? Yeah. So all my numbers, except for my bench press. Wow. wow. Who needs that? I can understand that. Like Who needs that, that anyway? <laughs> right? But your, my cleans are back. My, my squat's heavier than it was before. My deadlift's back to where it was before. Wow. My you can fitness deadlift, times. You can deadlift. Like God, like Absolutely. I'm not your doctor, but like, hey, don't deadlift heavy. So here's the thing: I couldn't do I couldn't <laughs> like, do right? burpees like, for half a year. Why? Uh, chest. Uh, the whole sternum being yeah. squishy. Oh. You don't you don't want that tearing apart. So my sternum was put back together, and they they sewed it up with rings. I have I have some pretty heavy rings on it. So crazy. The, the bones had like to piercings. Again. These millennials would be envious of. Yeah, they like, they want that yeah. shit. Yeah, and the hipsters would love it. Yeah, but um, How long it's did more you of say? a nineties. So that was about six months worth six of, months. of no burpees or push-ups or things like that. But I could do a back squat with a PVC pipe. I could do, you could do all modified scaled versions of things. So maybe my my Fran time isn't as fast as it was when I was pre-op. But post-op, um, I'm hovering within a minute of it. That's pretty. So, so things like awesome. that are, are coming back. It, you know, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing the, the workouts RX at times. And other days, I know you know what I pushed pretty hard this week. I'm scaling appropriately. So like all of those things. I'm never doing them RX. <laughs> the body weight ones, I am. I do Cindy RX. It all depends on the day. <laughs> oh yeah, you just did Cindy. Um, um, L1. How'd you like that? I'm a crazy. It's unbelievable. Oh. It, it is one of the most underrated, incredible experiences. You as a CrossFitter, or even you as outside of the CrossFit world, if if you want to see teachers and craftsmen who are, who are skilled at their work pour their heart out with legit insight, go. If you want to learn more about the body and what you could and should do, go. If you want to help others and connect with others in a in a simplified, but impactful way go if like if you want to be a better crossfitter in general like it's ridiculous even if you don't want to be a coach or a trainer or whatever level of l that you're getting to mm -hmm. it's it's unbelievable what the l1 <clears throat> does i know i preach it nonstop, and 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 noah was in here the other day saying oh you're such a good salesman and it's not it's not Please. trust me there's no salesman tactics at all and i know he meant it joking i think did he seemed well, like of course it. <laughs> um talking about my bro yeah it's great <laughs> it's crazy that 
when I took it, I'm not a sit down classroom guy at mm-hmm. all. I was fucking like, I did not want to take it. I did not want to take it. I took it and all I wanted to do was sign up and go to another one the mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, I got to do this again. It's, it's quite unreal. an experience when you walk out from it. You're, you're changed. It's you, unreal. You can't mm-hmm. believe how much the instructors care, mm-hmm. but you can't believe how they, at least for me, they, they introduced me to my body in a way that I'd never like. It's unreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I took my first L1, there wasn't a test. And now I feel like the test would be one more thing that would scare me. But I always tell people, like, you don't even have to take the test. Fuck the test. But, but did, did, did anything about it scare you? Like, were you intimidated going into it? No, not at all. There was, if anything was intimidating, it was my, my personal resistance that I was dealing with inside that, hey, you're not, you're not going to be a coach in the gym next week or you're, you're not somebody that's trying to open up an affiliate or, or something like that. So maybe it, it was a, a minor sliver of inferiority complex, but there was nothing that was intimidating about it. Every single person, no matter what your status is, should feel welcome there. What's what's the difference between inferior inferior inferiority complex? Yeah, that and um and being intimidated by something. Is there? Well, I feel like the intimidation is a reaction. The inferiority complex is the is the cycle of voices that you're listening to internally before that... you become intimidated. Correct. Oh man, I have a lot of that. Although intimidation can also come from <laughs> externalities and stuff like that too. But because of the vo- the voices analyzing those externalities, we all have the voices. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> some, um, some just listen to them more than others. Did you take this before your L one? Um, uh, did you take your L one before your operation? No, after. Oh, oh, you better believe after. You you wake up and you tell yourself, why did you wait this long to do your L one? You better go sign up for an L one. Hmm. Looks like a fun crew. Yeah. At uh, you said you're 36. Yes. So at, at 28, um, in January 1st um, of whatever year that was, yep. when you were 28 years old, you made this, you know, goal. Hey, I want to, I want to do CrossFit because it's the pinnacle of fitness I hear, and I want to get involved. What are some of the other goals you set? You said you're a goal setter, and you like to do something once a year. What are some of the other things? Sure. So the year before, when I mentioned the Maui trip, that was that year was to learn about beauty and learn about beauty from from my eyes and what I feel it to be, not what other people, the magazines, the the other sources of this world say. If there's a sunrise is more beautiful than sunset for me. If the interaction of humans at this environment is more beautiful to me. If I dated someone and we thought this was beautiful, well, do I think this is beautiful? Go to the museums, go read stuff, go go figure stuff out. So it was learning about life through the lens of beauty. So I wanted the counter side of that, which was the challenge, which was the physicality, which was the, the, for what I thought at the time, the opposite with learning about CrossFit or learning about the Gorak challenge or these other things, because that was an unknown for me. And then another one. So as a sorry, thing, I want to yeah. go back to the beauty one. Don't get yeah. ahead of yourself. <laughs> you are one fucking weird dude. <laughs> Is the beauty experiment um, uh, indulgent or is it the opposite? Is it? Um, it's a full spectrum, because if if there is an indulgent side of beauty, there should also be the the ultra minimalist side and and detached and, side and of abstaining. It. Yeah, like like how do you know that you're not? Um, how do you clear? How do you know you're not being perverted by um, those outside? 
influences judgments and influences like how do you how do you i want to embark on this beauty one i mean i like like do you know crumb do you know the documentary crumb yep yeah like he found his beauty i love him but um yeah how do you embark on day one of that one and then we'll get to some of the other stuff but this one i like this (laughs) so you're willing to embrace the the artist's mindset so you're a shooter you take pictures you you know there are times where something's just calling you and gnawing at you to go and and take that shot of something just to go and see life through the lens right that's one example there's It forces you to be honest with yourself. It forces you to course correct yourself regularly. It forces you to stop and savor the moment and observe and analyze and figure out from a third party perspective and from an internal perspective. Oh, people say this is a beautiful building. I think it looks like crap. This is not a beautiful building for me. And then you reflect on it. How how many of us actually do reflect on things? How many of us actually stop to smell the roses, to feel the stem, to to see the full depth and breadth of it so it was it was learning to humble yourself and see more and see better is there anything I, that go ahead matt sorry i mean do you do you necessarily need to to understand and appreciate the beauty of something no but i i, I so I, what, why did you choose that path for yourself i had an awful breakup the year before that oh heartbreak yeah heartbreak's the best right? catalyst yeah. yeah so it was something that i needed to learn for myself this is not something that i'm saying for everyone out there to do it was just something that in my in my transformation of being myself again what what do you need to figure out man what what do you actually like not what do we like i was i was thinking to myself when you uh brought up beauty maybe that's what tore your valve (laughs) it was so it was too beautiful (laughs) no the heartbreak that was the year before yeah Mm -hmm. no okay don't want to give it give her that no it was years and years after okay (laughs) i will say your question about about beauty was, was an excellent question it's three um, but it's, I say I, my knee jerk reaction was, uh, this is self-exploration. Yep. This is identity and understanding of who I am yep. after realizing that you don't know who you are. And I think that's a very hard thing to tackle for a lot of people. Cause a lot of people just brush it off and be like, ah, whatever. I'm going to go about my day, find some sort of short term gratification and move on. Yep. I think it's some real introspective thinking introspective. I think I said that right. Um, and, and boy, uh, I don't think you can do introspection through indulgence maybe i'm wrong but through for for Find me it's all, for me it's always been a journey of abstention <laughs> is that a word abstention abstaining i should want to roll right now <laughs> journey of abstaining what, yeah like abstain like i learn about myself through abstaining from things Got not it. from indulging in things and and there are things in life that um i that I find particularly um, that people find beautiful, like sunsets and sunrises that don't do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And there are things that like, I'm completely fascinated by like insects that don't do a lot for other people. Mm-hmm. Like I can't not, if I see an insect anywhere, I have to stop and look at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I think the major takeaway is learning to understand how that makes you feel and comfortable with that. Because a lot of people are swayed by, you know, outside influences. We, we all are to a certain right. extent, you know, you, right. can, you can say, yes, this is how I feel. The end, end all be all. But there's other things in your life where, you know, influences sway you. Oh, yeah. And is it, I mean, a different question is like, should you block that out entirely? You know, should you never listen to what anybody else says? No, but I think it's like you're saying, so. it's being aware of it mm-hmm. and just being aware like, oh, that person has that opinion. So I can either like it or not, but being aware that that's their opinion and I can have my own opinion is 
that's important i think but i think what it all comes back to the whole journey of like self-exploration and what is beauty yeah. i think that's heavy and awesome it's kind of weird that that the lady in your uh that's my grandma no above oh. her oh yeah Marilyn. oh she's so cute she, it's kind of weird that she looks like kariana <laughs> just saying go to this one Eric. just trying to make it weirder that's the first one i would have clicked on i did is she naked so that's a sculpt. That's a statue in the oh, Faroe Islands. Damn, she is. <laughs> she you. is. Yes. <laughs> just go home with that. Yes. <laughs> what else? Beauty, fitness, uh, yeah. fitness, physicality, physicality. So this current year, this current year, it's not. Sorry, got interrupted again. You wrote this article. Yeah, it was just some reflections about two cameras that I took with me. One was supposed to be the waterproof and weatherproof one. It is, Leica, the Leica? So the, I had a Leica, and then I had a, a Fuji X-Pro 2. The Fuji X-Pro 2 can handle rain no problem. The lenses are sealed. So I whipped that guy out, and then I got this beautiful foggy photo, and then the one below it. Where is this published? This is a, it, it's a site called Exposure. So Exposure kind of gives a platform for photographers or people who, who shoot to write a little too. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Whoa. an amazing shot. It's so this one was with the Leica. This is the camera that wasn't supposed to handle the is rain. Is that an M10 you have? What is that? No, I have the Leica Q. Okay. Although at home I have the Leica MP for film. Okay. And that's been fun too. Um, you're the Q, that's a fixed lens on there? Yes. Okay. Fixed lens, 28 millimeter, 1.7, I think. And sorry to geek out for you yeah. who aren't camera people. Why that over the Sony? Sure. One? The Alphas or? the Do they have the fixed 1R3? Yes. It's basically the competitor to the Q. They're, they're, they're just yep. like neck and neck. Yep. When you hold a Leica in your hand, when you realize the craftsmanship and the detail for all the subtleties that go into it, when I appreciate the history of where the company started and, and how it developed over time, the meticulous care for detail, the, the I mean, virtuosity. It's virtuosity. Mm in a in a camera they they took what they envisioned the founders to want for a full frame photo with what type of you know what type of lens would they want to use and they combined all of that and they forced you not to have options they forced you not to go and swap lenses they wanted you to compose and create the story and to see and not have the camera trick or do it so the so i had a sony alpha i, I forget which which one it was prior to it great camera it's cool but man, there's something about the the tactile response of the Leica, just the the detail behind it, the, the how the lens, you know, reflects what you're seeing out there. It's fast, it's beautiful, and it, it's just a killer camera. I'm a uh, I'm I have an M240. Nice. And I'm and unfortunately I haven't shot it in a few weeks, but man, yeah, it's Busted a, um, that shutter. Ah, oh. yeah, it's fun. Sorry, sure. For the third time, I'm asking yeah. a question. This time, I'm really trying not to interrupt you. What What are something else? So this year's goal: don't burn your bridges, burn your fences. So mm. focusing on. Are you going to go back to that girl you made that, <laughs> with the heartbreak and and and? No. Oh, okay. So initial reaction. Yeah, initial reaction would be to burn the bridge there uh -huh. and to to absolutely torch whatever the relationship was or or stuff back to it. I think we as people often want to clip our relationships and and bury the person in our past and think we're moving on but in the in the way that we all live in the way that we all need each other that doesn't really help you and 
personally, I didn't want myself to be blaming others. I didn't want myself to put others as the responsibility for my inaction for something. And I saw myself in the past year of reflection of sitting on a lot of fences. And fences can either be looking back at something and looking forward, so a previous thing or a current thing and hoping for something new mm -hmm. in the horizon, or the fence gets comfortable, especially for a lot of my generation and lower. We're, we're great at sitting on fences and pointing fingers at other people and saying, yeah, 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 one day I'm going to do that. Burn your fence, go and do and act. It's it's about engaging and going forward or or staying where you are, committing. Stop building all these fences and, and sitting and hanging out on them and figuring out what you're going to do or where you were and all that stuff. Hmm. A, a metaphor Matt and I toss around, it's a cousin of that one, is um, putting your oars in the water. Like, like hmm. don't, don't it's so easy to bring your oars in the boat and just let life toss you around. Absolutely. And there's something to that. There's mm -hmm. some great fucking wisdom there to see where life will toss you around. Yep. It lets you just figure out which way you're leaning in the boat, if you're sitting too far in the front and the back. But at some point, don't don't be scared. Yep. Get in and just put your Take head down control. and fucking row. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just row. Yeah. So grind, going back. baby, grind. Going back a few podcasts. This I, podcast I, was like that for us. Yeah. But going back a few, I forget who it was and... and you guys made the comparison of it's it's when you're coaching, are you trying to get athletes up the hill or are you making them want to run down faster, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's that type of a of a mindset for me with with burning the, the fences of you know, getting off the couch, getting off the carps, doing those things because there's so many fences that people are sitting on and just rotting on. Mm -hmm. And mind you, for me, it's not that specific example. But to connect with other people out there and to encourage them and to actually go and put your oar in the water. And if it's choppy water, you're going to feel it and you're going to have to either row harder or give up or get somebody else to get in the boat with you. And all of those actions cause reactions that, that you learn something from. So it's, you know, it, it's that type of a mindset to go and engage and do, and the boat isn't your goal. You're in the boat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Put your oar in the water. You got to go. Yeah. I think that's really the point, just taking some sort of action. I, I'm, I can't help I'm just thinking of sitting on a fence. It, looks, it sounds so uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> what if I was next to you? <laughs> maybe slightly less uncomfortable. But Drinking no. coffee. Black coffee? Whatever kind you want. All right, you got a deal. <laughs> what, um, uh, is it, what, what do you think keeps people on those fences? Do you think it's looking at the past or fear of the unknown? I know it's a generalization. But... Sure. I mean, first off, comfort kills. So inaction but... and just not doing anything about something gets you to rewire yourself to stay in that place and not do anything. So you not acting on something in your past now builds a resistance in your head. You having a reaction to something in the past builds another element of resistance for yourself, to yourself, right? The unknown is really, really uncomfortable. The unknown and the lessons learned from it of, of failure, of bruising yourself, of being mocked or ridiculed or not getting what you thought you would get from it. So I don't think it's such a compartmentalized or binary type of thing. I think it's, it's a fuller spectrum that people do not allow themselves to get into. So it's it's not a black and white. It's tasting this level of gray. It's tasting that level of gray. And like going to the to the heart surgery question of, 
like the physical challenges that you have. I couldn't row on the rower, but I knew if I put my feet in the straps, at least I can sit and, and rock back and forth mm-hmm. on the rower. And then eventually I, I can do things like that. So it wasn't me sitting on the fence and remembering me pulling at, you know, a minute 32 pace and, and cruising on the rower. Now you're hovering in the high twos and low threes. And it's no longer remembering the past. It's no longer living in the past. It's no longer dwelling in that voice that's constantly talking about yesterday. It's this is here. This is now. This is your number. This is who you are. And odds are good if you keep putting your oar in the water, tomorrow you might shave two seconds off of that time. Tomorrow you might be able to to pull on the chain. Tomorrow you might be able to to go and row 2K. And that's a scary thing for a lot of people. It's terrifying. And, and to top it off for a heart surgery, you're, mm. it's life and death for you. Yeah. Yeah, life and death. I mean, I, I think one approach that you really excel at is taking out little chunks and little steps because most people sit on the fence and look over the vast expanse and go, nah, it's too far. I can't do that. Or just look at, sit on the fence and not even think of something as an option. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're on the couch, you're eating carbs, shady carbs you're that's the that's the craziest one someone who's not motivated i mean those of us who are motivated can't even understand that but there are those who are just i feel like i mean i don't know but i speculate that are just like just don't see it as an option like yeah not an athlete i've never been an athlete i don't work out i can't look like that but not only that they don't even want to right like they're yeah it's it's difficult because i mean i find myself i can't sit still like i i have to constantly be doing something yeah where's your golf club well, they're not. I left the wedge downstairs. This, the five iron is not the same. Paul, is there anything that you would like to say before you we kick you out? I mean, thanks for the opportunity. Obviously, it's it's awesome to be here and talk and 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 to share my story. But I think it's most important that it's it's not me that's important here. It's it's really important for whoever hears us down the road to know that there is hope and there is there is actually life after open heart surgery that's going to be better, but you're going to have to go through a challenge to do it. But there are others out there in the community that are, that have been there before they know the way out and we're all here for each other. So it, this isn't about me. It's not Paul's cool story and Paul's cool camera and, and whatever he's done with. with Let's make sure we not, we don't title this piece, any of those things. I don't know. It's a pretty cool story. Pretty cool story. <laughs> but it's, it, you know, it, it, it's a platform. The, the scar down my chest is not my scar. The scar down my chest is a story for somebody else to learn from and a story for somebody else to hopefully be inspired from. And it's something that we all do so well in CrossFit. It's the coach that pours out. It's the person on the floor that gives a hand to the person afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's it's that CrossFit-minded mentality. It's the it's a challenge between the ears. That's, that's the biggest challenge that you're going to face. It's not a loaded barbell. It's not the the 800 meter run it's not the 25 toaster bar that we did earlier it's it's what you're willing to do here to help your body out to help somebody else out and to make this world a little better mm-hmm. did you ever find out what your what you find be- what what your barometer thermometer whatever ometer is for beauty there, there's not one answer but i i learned to appreciate stuff a whole lot more i that's when i figured out that i want to start taking pictures hmm. is this beautiful it's incredible i thought so <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Really was cool a lot of story. fun. Eric, land the plane. Okay, no, hold on. I want to do an intro. Pretend like you're not here. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, this show is two hours long today. We had the guest Paul <laughs> no, Farmiga on, and Paul talks about open heart surgery, um, encounters with death, how his faith, his fitness, 
and his love for mankind got him through the hardships. He's a new man, and he has some tremendous insights for you.